Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Welcome to the Defender Bible Study Podcast. Today is Monday, July 3rd, 2023. My name is Chris Johnson. I serve as the Vice President of Church Partnerships and Government Affairs for Lifeline Children's Services. Well, for the last few weeks, we have been looking at the book of 1 Timothy. We concluded our time going through that book last week, and now we are moving into the book of 2 Timothy, uh, really kind of transitioning from, from this first letter that Paul wrote to Timothy to now the second. In 1 Timothy, Paul really focused on teaching Timothy about how things were to be conducted within the church. Uh, He dealt with issues such as the importance of prayer, um, talked about church leadership, talked about various roles and people to care for within the church. And so really it was more about this function as as Timothy was pastoring the church there at Ephesus. uh, Paul's admonition really was around what that should look like and what the life of the church, uh, what should be involved in the life of the church. Now as we move to 2 Timothy, really Paul takes a much more personal uh, tone in, in this second letter to uh, his protege Timothy. He's really, you can see his, his love for Timothy, his passion, his compassion for Timothy. And, and really it's a focus on encouraging Timothy to stay faithful to the things that he has been taught. Uh, to stay faithful to God's word, to stay faithful to the ministry to, to which he had been called. Um, Paul, of course, had written so much of what would be included in the canon of Scripture, and but now we, we know that, that he is writing from a Roman prison. Uh, we are able to see and understand and know that he, he is nearing the end of his life. Um, when he wrote the book of 1 Timothy, he had hopes of going to, to visit and to see Timothy and to spend time with him, and he spoke of his desire to do so. But now he is realizing that he will most likely not be leaving this prison. Uh, so instead, he is now requesting that Timothy come to visit him. He is asking Timothy to to bring his manuscripts, to bring uh, Timothy himself to come and to to visit him, to spend time with him. Again, recognizing and knowing that that Paul is nearing the end of his life. Paul's love for Timothy throughout Scripture is is so clearly evident. Um, Most believe that Paul probably met Timothy at at Lystra, uh, most likely during his first missionary visit visit there, his first missionary journey, uh, which is recorded in Acts chapter 14. Uh, And then when when Paul returns to to Lystra in Acts chapter 16, we see that uh, as he comes into Timothy's hometown, Timothy has, has grown in his faith, and now he is actually, Paul invites him to join him in ministry. And so they traveled together. They traveled together in ministry, doing the work of the Lord. Um, he served Timothy, of course, we know, after traveling with Paul for a season, Paul left him there at Ephesus to, to serve as the, um, the kind of the lead pastor of that church for a season. And so we just, again, see this, this, this passion, this love that Paul has for Timothy to where that here in, in verse number two of 2 Timothy 1, Paul even calls him his beloved child. And so he's, he's looking at him as, as his spiritual child. And of course, Timothy would, would look to Paul as his spiritual father, his spiritual mentor. Um, we're told that Timothy's father was a Greek. And so we don't know if Timothy's father ever came to know the Lord. And so Paul has played this role uh, in Timothy's life to, to disciple him and to train him. And this love that they have one for another is, is so clearly evident. So now Paul's nearing the end of his life. 
we can pretty much make the assumption that his plan is for Timothy to leave Ephesus to come visit him, but then to follow in Paul's footsteps. Uh, we don't know that Timothy ever made it actually to Rome to visit Paul. We're not we're not told that in Scripture, um, and even history is not clear on that. But we we know that Paul had a desire to see Timothy kind of follow in his footsteps, and so Timothy would assume leadership among the various churches that had been planted. We see that Paul had commended Timothy to the people at, at, at Philippi, uh, another letter that he wrote near the end of his life, but he commended Timothy to them and said that he was planning to send Timothy to them in his place. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 20 and 22 say, For I have, have no one like him, Paul speaking of Timothy, who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. So again, as Paul writes to Timothy, as Paul writes to other churches, uh, just really commending Timothy, we see just this this love that he has for him and really this, this treating him uh, as a spiritual son, a son in the ministry. Ultimately, this letter to Timothy, this second letter to Timothy, would prove to be the final words of Paul that we have recorded as, as Scripture. Uh, you know, the truth is you can you can learn a lot about people from their last words. Uh, I enjoy kind of reading stories sometimes of, of uh, famous people that what their last words and so many times the last words that they shared really just kind of lined up with what we saw in their life and what was evident in their life. Um, just recently, we know Pastor Tim Keller passed away, and it was neat even kind of reading and hearing about and hearing in his own words some of the last things that he had to say to his church uh, there in New York City, some of the last things that he had to say to um, those who followed him. Uh, he, he expressed his, his desire to go and see Jesus. He knew his time was close to, to doing that. Even his son recorded and shared on, on social media that one of the last things that he said to his family was, there is no downside for me leaving, not in the slightest. Um, that's the testimony of a man who has lived a faithful life, who is ready to go and meet his Savior, and knows where he will spend his eternity. And so as we read this letter from Paul, again, we sense the same idea, the same thoughts of uh, a man who, is, who has faithfully served the Lord and who is now ready to, uh, to go and be with his Savior. To, to, he knows that his time on earth is coming to an end, and uh, he wants to pour into Timothy one last time. And, of course, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, not only do we have these words of Paul pouring into Timothy, but he also is admonishing us to stay faithful to the calling in our life, to stay faithful to, uh, to the Word of God and to the, to the things of the Lord. And so as we read this book and as we study through uh, 2 Timothy here, may we uh, recognize this, this, this heart of love and, uh, that, that Paul has for Timothy as he's sharing these truths. But then also, may we receive this truth for our hearts as well. And uh, may we be able to receive this letter that, that Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to Timothy and ultimately to all of us as well. So let's begin. Today we're going to be looking at the first seven verses in 2 Timothy. And so 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. So I want to read the verses and then we'll kind of dig into them a little bit. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. 
For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying, laying on of my hands. For God gave us not gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. As customary with Paul's writings, he begins this book by giving glory to God for calling him to be an apostle. And uh, then he speaks of just kind of a, a, a greeting of grace, mercy, and peace. Um, just kind of showing again his, his, who he is as an apostle and, and validating his, his authority to speak as an apostle of Christ. Uh, but then also just, uh, the, again, that love for Timothy and desire to see Timothy walk in grace and mercy and, and the peace of God. And um, we see that, that Paul uh, is able to do so with a clear conscience. He is able to, to write these things as he approaches the end of his life with an understanding that um, he's had the privilege of serving God. And while Paul was not perfect in any way, never claimed to be, uh, we know he had his own struggles. We know that he certainly uh, dealt sometimes even with kind of the feelings of, of guilt and um, from the things he had done before coming to Christ, but then at the same time recognized those things were under the blood and walked in victory and, and stood strong in, in his calling, uh, in the calling that God had on his life. And so uh, it's with this kind of this heart and this desire Paul recognizes, um, gives gratitude and appreciation to God for, for the, the life he's been called to live, but then turns to, to just, again, admonish uh, Timothy and encourage Timothy. The primary heart of this passage, and and really perhaps for the whole book, is found there in verse number six, where Paul says to Timothy, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul here at the very beginning is encouraging Timothy, trying to build Timothy up and encouraging him to fan into flame this this gift that God has has placed in his life and has given him. Um, Again, as you look through the whole book, Paul's admonition of Timothy over and over again is to to stay faithful, to continue to preach the gospel, to continue to understand the the importance, the magnitude of of God's word, uh, and to continue just to, to fan into flame this gift that God has given him. For some reason, Paul felt the need to encourage Timothy in this way. Maybe, uh, perhaps Timothy had grown tired. Uh, maybe in his role as a pastor there at Ephesus, he's begun to grow weary and needs encouragement. Maybe he's been struggling with the attacks on his youth, or, or maybe attacks on his worthiness as a as a minister of the gospel. Uh, whatever the reason, Paul here is is just really encouraging Timothy to to remember God's calling on his life. He's encouraging Timothy to to recognize anew just the spiritual giftedness uh, that had been provided to Timothy by the Spirit of God, Um, that spiritual giftedness that came at the point of salvation. And uh, we know from from God's Word that all of us who are in Christ, when we trust Christ as Savior, we are given spiritual gifts that empower us and enable us to edify and build up the body of Christ and to, to be used of God. And so Timothy certainly had that spiritual giftedness as well that had been provided to him by the Holy Spirit at salvation. But also Timothy experienced this special call of God that had been placed on his life. And, and we believe that Paul's probably referring to that as well because he says that it's a call that you that is given to you through the laying on of my hands, which certainly could have would have been referenced to um, that that the, the action of ordination, that action of laying aside, setting aside someone for a specific ministry. And so uh, Paul is kind of reminding Timothy both, hey, hey, don't forget that that you've been given certain spiritual gifts, that you've been given uh, spiritual gifts to use to 
to build up the body of Christ. Timothy probably had the gift of teaching, had the gift of pastoring, of exhortation. And so Paul is encouraging him to be stirred up in that giftedness, but then also to recognize that, hey, God had called you to preach the gospel. God had called him to, to, be, to, be, to use his giftedness in the ministry and for the sake of the kingdom of God. And so this this idea of stirring up this flame, fanning uh, into flame, it's it's the Greek verb. That it's in the present tense, which when when a verb is in the present tense, it gives the the idea that it is an action that has begun, but it's an action that's to continue, to, to be ongoing. And so Paul is saying, hey, I want to encourage you to to fan into flame, but then keep fanning into flame. This is something that that could easily grow stale, that could easily grow cold, and that that flame could easily wither down. And so you want to constantly be keeping that flame going, keeping that that fire uh, burning. Um, I mentioned Tim Keller earlier, another dear friend of the ministry here at Lifeline and dear man of God that recently stepped into eternity was his pastor teacher Harry Reeder. Um, if you ever had the opportunity to hear Pastor Reeder speak, uh, he would often talk about this idea of stirring up the embers and really kind of had a, a whole ministry built on, um, again, just recognizing that sometimes the embers grow grow cold and maybe the fire begins to dwindle and all we're left is with these these small little embers. And so there's the encouragement that just with that fire, you've got to you got to stoke those embers and you got to let some air come in and you got to do what you can and work to build up that fire so that that fire stays strong. Uh, to keep that fire going, you've got to constantly be putting fuel on it. You've got to constantly be stoking that fire to keep it going. And so uh, the same idea here that, this, that Paul is saying to Timothy, I want you to fan into flame this gift. And so this admonition is to, uh, to, to stay committed to the call of God on your life. Uh, to make sure that you're building and growing in this calling. Uh, God's call was clearly on Timothy, and Timothy was clearly committed to that call. However, Timothy was human. Fatigue, fear, weariness, all these things could step in and and cause uh, Timothy to doubt God's calling or cause him to, to grow stale or cold in his walk with God. And the same can be true of us. So many times in our own life, we allow the cares of this world or the struggles that we face or things that we fear, fatigue, weariness, we can cause those things to, to doubt what God is wanting to do in our life and doubt how God is wanting to use us. And so we all need to be encouraged. We all need to be reminded to fan into flame the spiritual gifts in our own lives. Um, we all need to be encouraged to stay committed, to stay focused on, on God's truth and on the calling that God has placed on each of our lives. So how was Timothy to do this, and, and how are we to do it as well? First of all, we see that, that we fan into flame the gift and the calling of God in our life by remembering what has been poured into us, by remembering what has been poured into us. Uh, in verses 3 and 4, we, we see clearly this, again, this close mentor relationship that Paul and Timothy enjoyed. Uh, they had prayed together. It tells us here that they had cried together. They had served together. They had ministered together. And so Paul had poured into Timothy the things of God and the uh, just the, the training and the equipping. And so I wonder, we, we must look back at all the people that have poured into our lives. Uh, I'm thankful for pastors and uh, student ministers and family members and women and men in the body of Christ that have poured into my life, that have helped develop me into who God has called me to be. And I'm sure that we all could look back into our lives and see people that have poured into us and have passed the, along that, that torch of God's word and God's truth into our lives. Um, but at the same time, we need to stop and ask, who do we have currently pouring into us? 
who are we allowing to speak truth into our life? Who are we allowing to encourage us and motivate us to continue on and to faithfully serve God? But then also, whose lives are we pouring into? Uh, do we have people in our lives that we are discipling, that we are training, that we are encouraging, that we are fanning the flame in their life and helping them be who God calls them to be? Verse number five then kind of goes a step further and reminds Timothy of the faith that had been poured into him from his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. Um, again, these were godly women that had taught him the truth of God's word and prepared his heart so that when he was presented that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, he understood scripture and understood God's word enough to recognize that and that Jesus was the fulfillment of those prophecies and to place his faith in Jesus. And so there would have been... Um, women, mother, his mother and his grandmother who had poured into him regularly. At the same time, there had to come a point where Timothy had to make this faith his own. He couldn't rest on the faith of others, but he had to, to, to place his faith as the faith that he had. He had to place that in Jesus Christ as his Savior as well. Paul says that I saw this faith in your grandmother Lois. I saw this faith in you in your mother Eunice. And I even see this faith to be real in you. He calls it a, a sincere faith, a genuine faith. Uh, this faith that, that Timothy had was the real deal. It wasn't phony. It wasn't fake. It wasn't a replica. Uh, it was the real deal. It was a faith that had been evident in Timothy's life. So, so Paul is reminding Timothy, as you should, in order to fan this flame, you got to remember what has been poured into you. Remember what you have been taught. Remember the things that, that have been passed on to you. But then second, he is encouraging Timothy to faithfully live out his calling faithfully live out his calling. If we're going to fan the flame of God's calling in our life, then we've got to be faithful to live out what God is calling us to do. In verse number seven, he kind of really shows us how to do that and what that should look like. First of all, it involves putting away fear, putting away fear. Uh, we don't know what Timothy feared. Uh, it says there in, in verse seven that God gave us a spirit not of fear, but a power, love, and self-control. We don't, we don't know what Timothy feared. We don't, but obviously there was something that was causing him to be timid uh, in his living out of his calling. Uh, I remember in in college, in Bible college, I had a professor that would say often, "Show me what a man fears, and I will show you what the enemy will use to thwart his ministry." So many times in our life, fear can cripple us or paralyze us and keep us from moving forward, keep us from being all that God has called us to be, keep us from serving God and stepping out by faith into the areas where, where God's calling is so clear. Even Paul at time had to be reminded to, to put away fear. Um, back in Acts chapter 18, as Paul is kind of entering into this early season of ministry at Corinth, he's left uh, Antioch and where, where his, his, from man's perspective, didn't seem to have a very fruitful ministry. Not a lot of people came to faith there. And he's now gone to Corinth, which God's called him to Corinth, which is such a difficult place of, of, of wickedness and debauchery. And, and, he's, and he's going to Corinth. And he, he tells us when he wrote the, the book of Corinthians, first and second Corinthians, that this was probably one of the times that he was at, the low, at his lowest in ministry. Um, and so he, he's afraid of the rejection, afraid of, of what he's facing there. And in this time, Paul uh, is, is kind of really focusing on the negatives and on the fear. And God comes to him in, in Acts chapter 18, verses 9 and 10, says, And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. The Lord says to Paul, don't be afraid. Don't allow your fear to cause you to shirk back in ministry. And then he really gives the reason why Paul could put away fear. In verse number 10, he says, for I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in the city who are my people. 
And so really God's remedy for the fear that Paul was experiencing was he said, hey, don't forget that I'm with you. Don't forget that my presence is with you and, and I'm going to protect you and I'm going to uh, I'm going to provide for you. And so in our lives, we must be willing to put away fear, not let fear keep us from being who God has called us to be. And so in doing so, if we're going to fan the flame, we need to recognize God's presence and God's protection and, and God's calling in our own life uh, so that we can put away fear. Not only must we put away fear, number two, we must rely on God's power. Rely on God's power. For God's not God's given us a spirit, not of fear, but of power. Uh, verse number seven here in first second Timothy chapter one. The Greek word here for power, it's that word dunamis. It's it's where we get our dynamite power. Um, this is the same word that Paul used when he wrote to Ephesus about this power that raised Jesus from the dead. And, and Paul is reminding Timothy, hey, this same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead, God has given you the same power in your life, this, this spirit of power to stand firm in the power of God. And this same power is available to us. We must rely on God's power, not on our own strength. When we try to stand in our own strength, uh, we cannot withstand. The fire, the flame will go out. The fire will burn out if we try to do it in our own strength. But we can stand in the power of God. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The psalmist said, I don't have to be fair afraid because I stand in the power of the Lord. He is the stronghold. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for what? It is the power, the dunamis, the dynamite power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So we've got to remember that God is the source of all power, and we must stand firm in his power, and we must preach and proclaim his power, the power of the gospel to change lives, to save souls, to, to, to give us fruitful ministry for the kingdom of God. Recognize that that power lives within us, and that power is working through us. Number three, we've got to rest in God's love. Rest in God's love. He's given us a spirit not of fear, but a power and of love. Uh, God's love for us is perfect. God's love dictates that he always does what is best for us. That's what love is. Love is acting in the best interest of another. And we can stand firm in our calling by recognizing God's love for us, that his, his calling is a perfect plan that he has designed for us. And then as we stand in God's love, we then are able to share that love with others. We're able to help others see that God loves them and has a purpose and a plan for their lives as well. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 tells us to let all that you do be done in love. Love ought to regulate everything that we do. It ought to be everything we do in, in, in ministry and in work with others. It ought to be seasoned uh, with love. Colossians 3, 14, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Again, our, our ministry has fruit and the fire grows as we recognize the power of love in our lives. And then as we share that love with others and as we serve others in love, as we commit to live a life of love for others, then that fire within us grows and our ministry continues to flourish. And then fourth, he, the, the admonition here is to practice self-control. God has not given us the spirit, not of, not of fear, uh, but of power, love, and of self-control. This really refers to, to bringing our whole self, body, soul, spirit, all that makes us who we are, bringing all of that under control. Uh, ultimately, we know that it's the control of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. 
Ephesians 5.18 tells us to be filled with the Spirit, to be so filled up to where the, the Holy Spirit fills every part of us so that everything we do is controlled by the Holy Spirit. We are under His control and under His guidance. We surrender ourselves to his working by allowing him to, to really to transform our thinking. And that, that's how we bring ourselves under control, is by allowing our mind to be transformed, the renewing of our mind, as Paul says in Romans chapter 12. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be squeezed into the mold of the world, uh, into the world's way of thinking, into the world's philosophy, but instead be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And he says that when we allow our minds to, to be transformed by God's word, then, then we're able, by, by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. When we allow our minds to be transformed by the power of God and the working, the word of God, uh, then we live out our calling and our calling, our, our lives demonstrate that God's will is always good, that God's will is always acceptable. It is perfect. It is it exactly is the right thing. And so, again, this, this idea of fanning this flame of the calling of God in our lives, we do so by being renewed in our minds so that we bring ourselves under the control of the word of God and of the spirit of God. Ephesians 4, uh, verse 22, Paul says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Verse 24, And put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So Paul is saying, if, again, walking in ministry, uh, the whole context of Ephesians 4 is living out uh, the calling on, on our lives. We put off the old man, we put on the new man, and the way that we do that is, verse 23, Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So again, if we're going to bring ourselves under the control, under the control of the Holy Spirit, then we're going to do so by allowing our minds to be transformed by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So if we're going to make good use of our gifts and good use of our callings and fan the flame that's in us, we have to allow the Spirit of God to use the Word of God to change our thinking, which then will change our living, the way that we live, the spiritual disciplines of our life. So we've got to recognize today that God has great plans for each of our lives. God wants to use you greatly and use me greatly, use us together greatly. He's given us spiritual gifts. He's called us to his work. So let's make sure that we are fanning the flame of this giftedness. Let's make sure that we are fanning into flame this call that God has on our life. Remember what God, what has been poured into us. Uh, make sure that, that we remember the things that we have been taught and also that we are pouring into others. And then faithfully live out this calling that God has in our life. Not in fear, but in God's power, in God's love, and in, in, in self-control. Practicing spiritual discipline in our life so that this, this flame of God's calling will be evident, will be fruitful, will be productive, and we'll be able to continue to see God do great and mighty things as we remain surrendered to Him. So let's not grow weary, let's not grow faint, but let's continue to fan into flame the calling that God has placed on our lives. Let's go to the Lord today in prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we love you and thank you for your goodness. We thank you for uh, just your call in our lives. We thank you for saving us and then calling us to, to the work of your ministry. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the example of Paul and, and these words that, that he wrote to Timothy under your inspiration of your spirit. And, and we thank you, God, for the admonition that we're able to receive in this. And God, I pray that we would be faithful in it. Lord, I pray for the ministry of Lifeline. Uh, Lord, as we seek to uh, continue to engage the body of Christ in ministry to orphan and vulnerable children, Lord, throughout the world. Um, 
Lord, and specifically as we're, we're focusing on some of the, uh, the specific areas of the world, God, Latin America and Peru and others, God, I pray that you just would, would really, uh, Lord, give us wisdom to seek to, to live out this ministry to which we've been called. I pray, God, that you'll continue to, to raise up, um, Lord, those that would believe in our mission and support the ministry and, and, and help us as we seek to equip church, your church, your people. Lord, I pray for believers all over the world that they would understand this call to care well for the vulnerable and uh, that we would be willing to do our part to step into these hard places and and uh, Lord recognize again this this call to care for hurting people to care for the vulnerable to uh, to do what 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 has been uh, to take advantage of the opportunities put before us God to faithfully live out um, this faith this sincere genuine faith God in a way that points the vulnerable to the hope of the gospel Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you've done, what you're going to do. We surrender ourselves and, and, and trust you completely. For it's in the wonderful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study. Music